Welcome to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. On this podcast, we interview fellow entrepreneurs who are willing to share their stories, their trials, and their triumphs in business, all in an effort to help you avoid the same obstacles and to achieve success faster. But at all times, continue to rely on our faith to see us through to victory. Now with today's guest, here is your host, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. We're so blessed you're joining us. You know, physical fitness is something that every person, regardless of age, needs to keep up on. I mean, when we think of physical fitness, a lot of the time we think of, you know, dirty gyms, nasty locker rooms, you know, big hunks that smell and look down on anyone that's not like them. Amen. But that's not all there is to it. When I was growing up in high school, (laughs) I was anything but fit. I mean, I played sports, but I wasn't considered an athlete by any stretch of the imagination. Once I joined the military, they kind of uh, have a way of getting you into shape kind of right away. And I was impressed with that. And I became and decided to continue down the road of physical fitness. And that lasted through my time in the military, then as a police officer. My main outlet was running. I loved to run. I was putting in anywhere between 12 and 15 miles running on an easy day, plus time in the weight room and all that. That discipline was a daily routine in my life. But as a police officer, once I was injured, I have to admit, I let things slip. Hey, man, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good now. I know somebody resonated with that. Our guest today is Derek Johnson, also an Army veteran, a life coach, a trainer, someone who shares his mission of helping others tap into their true potential. Derek came also from a childhood of being bullied and as a shy child as well, and physical fitness became his outlet. Now he helps folks just like you to gain the confidence and physical prowess that comes from becoming physically fit. Amen. Derek specializes in helping you to turn just about any pain in your life into fuel to help your faith be a guide through life. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Derek Johnson. Derek, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the program today and share with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here, Reverend Robert. Amen. Now, just to get this question out of the way, you are not the Derek Johnson pro football player, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. If if you Google the name, he he will pop up. There's also an Olympic (laughs) lifter, ironically. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, When I see Derek Johnson want an interview, I'm like, yes! (laughs) You're like, oh, I don't know this guy. (laughs) We're going to have to reschedule. (laughs) Well, tell us about growing up. And when I was doing the research, I found out that your sister actually was the one who challenged you to get physically fit. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. So growing up, my father was U.S. Army. He was 25 plus years. And my father was from Starkville, Mississippi. So he was a farm boy. My mother, she's German and she's from the city. So she was from Nuremberg. Americans would say Nuremberg. And Uh she was from Germany. So they actually met in Germany while my dad was stationed there. And so I lived in Germany until about second grade. And then we moved to the States. We actually moved to Pensacola, Florida and the Panhandle. If people are familiar with the Blue Angel Air Show, that's my home state and excuse me, home city. But growing up there, we had a beautiful home in Pensacola. Everything was nice, loving family and all that. But I did notice that 
in their past, they went through a lot of personal traumatic things with their family. So alcoholism ran on both sides of the family, drugs ran on both sides of the family. So when I turned around 11, that is when things shifted, where I realized that they were releasing past traumas in regards to whatever happens. And that stemmed from the alcohol consumption. And it only happened at night. But that was the gateway of me really getting into fitness because I was that skinny kid. I had a really bad stuttering problem. I was very timid. I was scared. And so I wanted to make sure that I stood up for myself at home and also at school. So being bullied at home, being bullied in school, fitness became my outlet. And it was first to build a body because I, I got tired of just being that shy, scared child. And then from there, I really fell in love with the mental calmness after an excruciating workout. And that's where I would work on my faith. So it started with just fitness for the physical. And I really fell in love with the mental calmness and confidence afterwards. And then I would dive deep into my faith because I was just open-minded. As in, I wasn't overthinking. I wasn't questioning things. I was just open to the spirit. And it was interesting what would happen. So the older I got, I realized that I was able to thrive in stressful, emotional situations where I would just be calm. And I would bring that version of myself to my teammates, my classmates in school, and I would just help empower other people. So I really feel that people that have had trauma in their childhood, they give what they did not receive. So I really didn't get, get the support or the love and affection and all that. So I always gave that to others. I always wanted to build people up because with family, I was always, always getting broken down. I was taught the discipline, the work ethic and all that. That was great. But on the on the flip side, it wasn't like we didn't do a group hug. We didn't do the family hug, anything <laughs> like that. It didn't exist. It was all drill sergeant knife hand at home and the crazy German mother. But they paved the way <laughs> in regards to my career and more importantly, to making an impact with people. But it all started at home. So fitness became my outlet because I didn't want to continue any of the addictions that run in my family. So I chose the positive outlet along with faith and then was able to help others do the same. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I was laughing because uh, my mother's maiden name was Broham. My grandmother's okay. <laughs> maiden name was Volstead. So Volstead. I had that German blood as well. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you just have that natural fire. And... <laughs> there, yeah. There was no talking back to mom. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and and you know, I had to laugh about the drill sergeant part because I was a drill sergeant, and uh, that's what my kids say. You know, my dad used to make us stand in the corner, and then he'd turn on cartoons behind us and sit there and laugh at the cartoons, and we couldn't even watch it. You know? So, like, oh yeah. <laughs> mind games, mind over matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amen. Now you advocate though that that nobody should allow our past to dictate for our future. And I agree. I mean, no matter what our past may be all about, explain how you share that with your clients. Great question. So what we first do is we create an eliminate sheet. And what I mean by that, we grab pen and paper. We're old school about it. Some people, they take notes on their phone or devices, but I always recommend pen to paper just has more power to it. But we first start with what are some things that he or she is doing right now that is keeping them from making the progress that they would like personally, in their career, emotionally, physically, in every area. And so we take our time with that. So some basic common examples are what does he or she eat or drink in the morning? Are they choosing the spring water over the sweet tea? Are they choosing this over that? So making sure that they're consuming the right things. And then from there, most important is what are they doing on their phone? So many of us, I'll, 
actually all of us, we're addicted to our phone to an extent, whether it's for career related, whether it's personal, but everyone has a loop. And what I mean by loop is when we're stressed, when we feel awkward, when we're just bored, we all do a loop, we grab our phone and we do a process of email, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon carts. Like everybody has their own little loop that they do, but basically we write out the eliminate sheets to see what we can start with. So before I make a suggestion to add to his or her routine or to their schedule, we first see what are some things that we could take away or simply replace with something that's better. So that way that they feel that they have more control. So once we do that, then we start to peel back the layers and say, okay, now I know a little bit more about him or her. And then we start to dive deep into, hey, what exactly started the pain? But once they've already written out an eliminate sheet, they feel their power rather than just diving into it and saying, all right, tell me about your past. So first getting to know them on a deeper level. And it usually stems from the small things. But the common pattern is if they don't necessarily control the small things or small things control them, it plays into something bigger. And then you start to track their patterns, which came from childhood, teenage years, or other times in their life. But it's very interesting to see the clarity in their eyes. My favorite thing about what I do is seeing the light bulbs go off, but they're like, that is why I do this. That's why I respond this way. That's where it started. Anytime that happens, I'm like, yep, we got it. We're making some, making some traction. So yes, being able to first identify what can they eliminate or replace with something that's better. And then identifying where did that pain stem from? Was it personal? Was it their pain? Was it placed onto them from family members? whatever the case may be. And then we build some programming around that. But definitely step one is eliminate first before we add a routine, before we make any suggestions, because not everyone can just jump right in or go or go cold turkey on whatever yeah. they're consuming, whatever that specifically is. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's true because like you get in the habit of, okay, first thing I do is check email and okay. Clearing out the jump box get all that done. Oh, this intro looks interesting. And next thing you know, half an hour, 45 minutes gone by because you've been reading an article, click the link. Now you're reading another article and you've been sucked into the void, you know? And, yes. And, you know, you look up, oh man, I got 10 minutes to get ready for work, you know, type thing. Oh Your yeah. Your morning routine has been totally destroyed, you know? Exactly. Whatever it might be. <clears throat> Amen. Now, I know you talk about the runner's high when working out things like that and pushing your body past what it what the body thinks oh i can't do any more than this you know and yes i I love that as a drill sergeant but (laughs) can you you share (laughs) with us a little bit about that yes for sure so in regards to some things that people may relate to would be sports if somebody had a particular coach when they played sports that they hated him or her for making them do suicide sprints running to touch the line whatever it's particularly was, or if you played basketball and your coach just had you do a wall sit and you basically oh, just yeah. squat against the wall and you put your arms out. I love and they're like, Hey, we're, we're just going to sit here all day. That's so whatever right. the coach did is I love those moments because me and my buddies knew that we were going to win whatever the competition was because we all came from crazy families. So we're all a little bit crazy. <laughs> so we love the pain. And what I realized is that so many people that did not play sports have never actually experienced what it's like for them to go past their pain threshold or their physical threshold and to feel that level of confidence and surprising themselves saying, wow, I'm way stronger or tougher or whatever it is than I thought because they place themselves in a box. 
But that high, a lot of society is missing. And it's not, some people might think of it as, oh, well, pain, pain is bad. Not pain for injury, anything of that nature, but just right. pain to say, you know what? Let's run five more minutes. Let's do 10 more reps. Let's hold this plank for 30 more seconds until we drop. Start small and just track it. If somebody tracks the small things and say, you know what? I was able to do 10 push-ups next week, 15, and just going from there, slowly building. That's all it is, is just, I call it stacking wins. We just want to stack wins, get yourself uncomfortable. And the aftermath is going to be self-confidence, resilience, surprising yourself. And that energy is going to spill into everything else where people will start to look at that person different. Like what's, what's going on? You're carrying yourself different. Like you're, yeah. you're usually not this focused or intense. And then you just let them know. They're like, Hey, we pushed our body. We pushed our mind and surprise ourselves. So now a lot of things in life becomes easier. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, as you're talking about that, I remembered uh, as a drill sergeant, usually about week three or four, we would be going, you know, they, we'd built them up where they could run three, three and a half miles easy, you know? Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, and in the military, it's, you know, your double time is a, it's a slower paced run, but you know, you're still running and we take them out and we go the normal route. So now they know, okay, we're turning into the barracks. They're going to call quick time here and, and you know, yes. we're done running and we'd run them through and it was like, we're going back out on another loop. Right. And you should have seen the people fall out. <laughs> right. And all we did was run around the block and came back, but we just, who's going to quit because they said that I can't do no, do anymore. You know, exactly. And those who went with us and stuck with us, you know, they're like inspired now, you know, like, yeah, you know, and uh, when I went to officer candidate school, they tried playing that same trick. Right. We went on a five mile run. They came back and, they, and I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm ready. You know, and people fell out. They got smoked, you know, but I was like, I know that trick. I, I, I played that trick. You're you like, I did this me. before. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey man, I love it. I love it. You know, and I love working out when I was in the army. I mean, I'd wake up, uh, we talked before we started the recording, I'd wake up four, go to the unit about four 30 and, I'd put in three or four miles before PT even began. You know? oh, I just yeah. loved working out in the morning. And when did you, and when do you recommend for people to get their workouts in? Great question. I always recommend in the morning. It does depend on their work schedule. If they have kids, whatever their routine is, but I would recommend to do it within the first hour and they can choose what it is for some it's weightlifting for others. It's running. Others love yoga. Some, they may, may just need to walk their dog for 20 minutes in the morning. Just do some sort of physical activity in the morning. The reason why we've all had that mental high afterwards where we just have clarity, open vision, less self-judgment, less stress, and we're just way more proactive in the morning. So I always recommend clients or just people in general train in the morning. And if it's not a full or intense workout, at least go for a walk. Go for the walk, get the body loose, get the blood flowing. And then from there, that person might be in a whole different mood within an hour and say, wow, 30 minutes ago, I didn't feel like doing anything. Didn't want to go to a meeting, go in traffic. And then 30 minutes later, they're like, today's going to be a great day. And it's just yeah. that mental switch. That switch is flipped. And it's amazing to see because people are way more proactive in the morning. So if said stressful thing happens in public, in their work, with their CRM system, whatever they particularly do, their response is going to be 
challenge accepted. Yeah. Rather than, oh, another thing, got another case of the Mondays or whatever day it is, <laughs> instead of just stacking those negative, annoying feelings, if they work out in the morning, they're going to be way more proactive as in they'll find solutions much quicker than if they were stagnant all morning and reactive to everything. At that point, once the alarm goes off, once the emails come in, once the coworker needs them, the pets, the kids are going to be like, it's not even 7 a.m. I haven't had five minutes of myself. So that's what I aimed to help people avoid because everybody's done that before. So we could all relate where it's not even 7 a.m. And you're like, everybody needs me right now. Can I just have a moment? But if that person moved their body for a bit, 20 to 30 minutes or longer, if you had the time or made the time, then they're going to be way more open about it and just make quicker, good decisions. So I'm just all about creating a proactive morning routine so they feel empowered. They're grateful and they're just in a higher state, higher frequency, because everybody will feel that. One thing I always say to people is make sure you're positively affecting people, not negatively infecting them. Waking up, complaining, hitting snooze six times, yeah. drinking caffeine and you're still dehydrated. And next thing you know, your anxiety goes up and just we don't want to be on that slippery slope. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And also, you know, by getting your workout in in the morning, things tend to pile up in the afternoon. You might think, okay, I'm going to go running at four o'clock. And at three 30, there's this last minute meeting that's been called. And now oh, it's yeah. five o'clock. We get out of there. Well, I got to get dinner ready. And, uh, and the workout goes by the wayside. If it's the first thing you knock out in the morning, which means if you got to leave for work at six 30, get up at five, get it in, get a shower. Now leave at six 30, you know, and, and it's done. Exactly. It's done. And you're, Awake, as you said, energized. I remember when I got promoted to E5, very first day, my first sergeant pulled me inside. And he told me, okay, now that you're an NCO, you need to start acting like an NCO. You need to be up at least one hour before your soldiers are. And so so if they're going to if their wake up calls at 530, you need to be up at 430. Get dressed, have some coffee, be completely ready for the day. Because when you go in and wake them up, the first thing they're going to try and start figuring out is how am I going to get out of work today? You know? Yes. So you've already, okay, we need to accomplish this, this, and this, and I'm going to put this guy on this one. This You've already got the day planned out. So when they come up and say, Hey Sarge, you know, uh, no, we're going to go over and do this. I'll go to personnel and take care of that for you. <laughs> type thing, yes, you know? <laughs> exactly. Because they're, they're an hour behind you on their planning. You've already got the day planned out and how it's going to work. You know, and, 100%. Yeah, and it just uh, feels great to be in control of things. Life still happens, but yeah. being able to make quick decisions is the best because we've yeah. all hit snooze too many times yeah. and we're stressed. Or somebody wakes up, what's very common, they'll wake up and lay in bed and they'll start to scroll. And 30 to 45 minutes goes about and they're like, oh, huh, huh. gotta go to work. <laughs> yeah. Stress, anxiety. And <laughs> yeah, so we want to avoid that. And then when they get out on the beltway, they're stuck in traffic. Now I'm late. You know, and, and exactly. it could have been avoided by being a half hour more proactive. Amen. Hey, you know, I enjoy working out on my own. And, you know, I, back in the day, I used to compete with myself, you know, lifting more each week, going faster each week, whatever it is. What are your thoughts on working out alone or with others? Great question. So I say that it's scenario and person dependent. So if it is a beginner, working out with someone is very beneficial to them because they can learn. They have the camaraderie and most people, they just need that extra push and that accountability. But if it's an individual that maybe did play sports or has gone through a lot of stressful situations, 
in the present moment or traumatic experiences in the past, they might just like that alone time because they think of past things and it drives and pushes them because they make that inner child proud of themselves. So not everyone experienced bad or terrible things, but if somebody needs the help, definitely have the camaraderie to be able to push yourself. But if it is an individual that has experienced a lot of life, life's punched them in the face a few times. If they do train alone, I notice that that individual, male and female, they enjoy that more because they're there, lost with their thoughts, listening to the music, having a moment of faith after their run, after their lift, but it's very beneficial. So I would just look at the person to see, are they already disciplined in their daily routine? If so, they could try fitness by themselves in the beginning. If not, I would definitely find an accountability partner if they if they don't want to invest in a coach or trainer, or they can go to a group class. Some people thrive really well in the group class rather than alone or with a trainer. So I would just look at that to see what stage somebody's in, if they're a beginner, novice, or advanced, and where they're at emotionally. Like myself, I don't like training with people because people just talk too much. So I'd exactly. rather just have my headphones in because <laughs> they'll just ask me random questions. Hey, what do you think about Tom Brady and this and this? Do you think yeah. so-and-so is better? I'm like, it's 5 a.m. I'm not talking. <laughs> like, yeah, just exactly. ask me, is it my set? So yeah. Yeah, see, I prefer I alone. When I ran, I, I don't even like wearing headsets. You know, I just like being alone with my thoughts. And, yes. you know, when I was out running, like I said an easy run for me was, you know, like, oh, I haven't got very much time. Let me just do five miles. You know, type thing, yes. you know, because I could do five miles in less than an hour, like 45, 50 minutes, you know. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, thinking about what needs to be done today, how I'm going to accomplish this. I got this problem I need. How, what, what is a solution to this problem? I'm just alone with my thoughts as I'm running, you know. I tried running with the music and I was like, ah, get this out of here. You know, it was just yes. distracting. It was making the run seem longer to me, you know. Okay. So I just like being alone with with the rhythm of my steps, the rhythm of breathing, you know, and and like I said that allowed me to mentally just work through problems, you know. Oh, yeah, I could try this type thing. Exactly. Uh, that that was that was just for me. And you know, if I had to run with someone, like I say, we end up talking. You know, what do you think about this? You know, and then you're because you're talking, the rhythm of the breathing is off now. And I just did exactly. enjoy running with with other people and stuff like that. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. And you start getting caught in mouth and then you're annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't want to run with him next time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he talks too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How does our physical fitness relate to our spirituality? Great question. So I truly believe that the individual that is more personally disciplined with their fitness, they can have a stronger level of faith. The reason why they already have that discipline. So that discipline will spill over into their faith and into any deep work that they do. Not saying others can't work on their faith, but it's just easier from a consistency and discipline standpoint. So definitely having the physical fitness is going to help with the spiritual and the faith fitness as well. Amen. And you share that we should make a list of things that we do not want. And then yes. you have what you call flip the pain and the fuel to move forward. Explain that for us. Yes, for sure. So identifying in a neutral standpoint, identifying where did that pain stem from? Was it the bully when you were 12 years old? Was it from your uncle who was maybe abusive? Was it from somebody at school? Wherever it initially began and started, pinpoint that because it's very common for people to, they they know deep down where it came from, but they never really think of it. 
we're not trying to put ourselves in a low or dark state. It's more so it's better to face it, write it down, really think about it, and then find a solution than always pushing it off and then holding that thing inside of you. Because then it could be, you could erupt in a relationship, friendship, you can carry that into work. And it's always that other people or situations or the icing on the cake. And they just have a lot of things inside them that they haven't released. Releasing just could be having a conversation with someone, working on their faith as men. Amen. Sometimes it's good to release emotions. So if somebody needs three minutes to cry in the car, just, just release, even if they're not even sad. But first, releasing that thing on paper, release the emotions, speak to someone, pray, and then go from there. But Amen. once they release, they will look at that pain in a different light and they can actually use it as fuel as in, I'm going to make that inner child proud. I'm going to heal him or her. I'm also seeing things as a comeback story. We're all currently in a comeback story. Even if right now life is great and you're blessed, something happened in the past last year, Amen. 20 years ago, yeah. that if you look at yourself as the hero in your own movie, you are on your comeback story and somebody's guiding you, helping you along the way, especially when you're alone. So as the saying goes, sometimes you feel like you're running faster and you realize that somebody's carrying you, you're actually not running. So yeah, <laughs> and amen. usually that's God. But if people have had those experiences, then it gives them a rush. And then they can see that pain, not in a negative light. They see it as neutral and they can say, I know how to tap into that when needed because people depend on me and I need to show up a better version of myself and to make younger version proud and to realize that God has us all here for a reason to help flip our pain so we can set the example for others. So people see, wow, I didn't yeah. know Reverend went through this. I didn't know she went through that. I just thought that they were gifted or blessed. But once we peel back the layers, people see, wow, I totally relate to them. My family did this, or I, I did that as well, whatever it was. But being able to be that walking testimony to say, hey, here's the past baggage. Here's the past pain. Here I am. And here's what we can do together. But we all have a comeback story. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I love what you just said, because, you know, I believe one thing that we rarely realize is that we are influencing other people all of the time, even when we're not even aware of it. I mean, examples would be our kids or our coworkers and all that. Share a little bit of, of how many people may depend on us, some of which we may not even be aware of and how our actual fitness level may relate to that. Yes, 100%. So I actually say this out louder in my head every morning. Actually, I wouldn't say every morning. Some mornings I just wake up and I'm excited. But I make sure to say people depend on me. I don't have kids yet. Girlfriend and I have a pit bull. That's all we have right now. But we have kids in the future. But I say that to myself in my head and out loud because it puts me in a powerful state. So I say repeatedly, people depend on me. So I make sure to not be selfish and hit snooze five times keep laying in bed. So I say, you know what? I don't feel like doing X, Y, Z right now, but let me hydrate. Let me pray. Let me work out. And then from there, I know I'm going to be in an empowered state and then I can show up better for other people. So being able to be that shining light to someone else, because we've received that from someone before a, a stranger approached us in public, you get to your car and you're like, I don't even realize I needed that two minute interaction with, with somebody. I was in, in a mental fog. I was in a low state. Somebody made your day. The old lady asked you, why'd you cho choose that pasta over this? She told you a story about her grandkids. Next thing you know, you're in the car about to break down saying, wow, that, that gave me a rush. I didn't realize I needed that. And you're surprised that somebody actually spoke to you because maybe you felt that you were just in a 
low state or really angry that day, but being able to be that for somebody else. It could just be interacting with someone in public, giving someone a kind gesture or compliment. But most importantly, realizing that there's somebody always watching. It might be your neighbor down the road. He sees you go for a walk or a run. He sees you driving. They see you out in public, online nowadays. We have people that may never comment, may never message, but they're always watching things. And one day, he or she is going to say, hey, I know we've never really talked, but I've had you on Facebook for a while, and I really appreciate what you do. You post this, you posted your journey. So it's always amazing to see when things come full circle. So realizing that somebody's always watching and looking up to you, even if that person doesn't feel like anyone should look up to them, there's always somebody, their children, somebody in their family, the kid down the street or somebody online. And then most importantly is just saying, what can I do to show up as a better man or better woman to set the example? So I always look at it like that, but starting with people depend on me and God all has us here for a reason to become better. So we can set the example to others and everything comes full circle rather than just being the solo person. That's yeah. like, Oh, one man for it all yeah. getting rid of that mentality and just seeing things in a team aspect of being approachable and saying, you know what? He or she carries themselves differently. There's something different about them. And they start to peel back the layers and say, wow, they've worked on themselves. They've been through this pain and trauma. They have faith. This is interesting. And then people are inspired to follow the path as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I remember the first time that happened to me, I was at a conference. I was speaking at a conference. I want to say in Georgia, but I can't remember right now, but, uh, you know, I'm walking in, you know, just kind of checking things out. And this guy came in, Hey, are you, are you pastor Bob? I go, yeah. He goes, I follow you on YouTube, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. I love your team. Don't know who this guy is, you know, but he knew me. And that was the first time that I realized, wow, this online stuff is reaching other people. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Praise God. I mean, should we try, here's, should we try to achieve a level of fitness that somebody else has? Oh, I want to be like him. Or should, should that be our goal or should we be content with like our own fitness goals? Like, you know, I want to lose another 10 pounds or I want to run one, two miles, one minute faster, even if they're not to impress others. Great question. So I would first get crystal clear on what that individual wants. For some, it is the aesthetic, the physical aspect where they say, you know what? I've always looked this way. I would love to test myself to see if I can get a physique like this. So in that regard, somebody could see, so like as men, they could say, hey, you know what? I really like how Captain America in the Marvel movie, I like the way his chest is, or I like Superman. So if they have an example, an example could be good because it could motivate them. And they say, you know what? I'm going to do that style workout because I want to be like that, not match the person, but they see it in a motivational standpoint. So that's person one. Person two, they could just say, you know what? I'm comfortable with myself, but I love testing myself. I would love to be able to run a marathon. And then from there, it's an individual basis. But step one is always to get crystal clear on what they want. And many people, it's hard for them to really answer it because they say vague statements. I want to get fit and healthy. Sounds great. But you ask them, what do you mean by that? And slowly they say, you know what? I haven't really thought about it. 20 pounds <laughs> down. What do I want to weigh? How do I want to look? Yeah, <laughs> and then you really start to peel back the layers and they go from a vague statement and it, it really helps them to get some clarity though. So really getting crystal clear on what it is. So it could be a combination of both seeing the example of somebody that inspires them or number two, seeing what they want to work on personally to really test themselves. 
and to see, is it just fitness? Is it health? Or do I want to change the path of my family? Because most of my family is obese on one side or vice versa or both sides. And they could say, you know what? Uncle Jimmy, Michelle, whoever it is, they change things. After them, everybody wanted to start working out. So sometimes they could be the lone wolf in the family and say, you know what? I have to make a change. If they want to join the train, awesome. If they don't, awesome as well. But everything changes from that person because they say, I'm going to break the mold of us being obese, unhealthy, drinking, et cetera. So they could see things in that way as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They have to be not too specific, but they still have to be specific. I mean, you could say, I want to lose weight. Yes. I lost <laughs> one pound this week. Hallelujah. Let's go to this Dairy Queen. You know, I mean, it's stuff like that. Exactly. Know? So, you know, how much weight you want to lose? You know, I mean, when I when I started, I think we talked about this before the recording, 289 pounds, you know, and I said, no, I want to get down to where I was as a cop. You know, I was at 220. Yes. I said, let me, let me go down to 220 and I'll be happy because everything worked a lot better at that point exactly. in time, you know. And, uh, you know, and praise God, you know, within about, 20 months I was there, you know, but that's uh, awesome. It was, it was, uh, not a fun time, you know, it's, uh, I did get to enjoy it. To start to really look forward to my salads, but yes, <laughs> when, when I started out and I'm looking at that, those weeds, <laughs> those weeds in that dish, you know, Oh yeah. And I'm thinking about the, the meatloaf and the mashed potatoes, man you know but you know again exactly mental barrier that you break through you know but the, to achieve a goal as a matter of fact i know you recommend everyone should try to achieve two things every morning you know one physical one mental just to motivate ourselves during the day that hey i've already accomplished this explain yes. how that would work for our listeners great question so in regards to the morning routine is choosing two things one for the physical one for the mental so the physical could be a walk. The physical could be weightlifting or running. The mental, it could be prayer. The mental could be journaling. So really choosing what empowers them in the morning. So there's no right or wrong way, but if somebody can really identify what gets them in a powerful state, then that works. So for me, I walk to my kitchen. I drink the spring water. My dog is eating in her bowl. I literally close my eyes and I feel the water go all the way to my belly button. I wake up dehydrated. As military, we just wake up sweating for no reason, even if we had the AC <laughs> blasting. So I'm in the kitchen, slowly drinking my water, and I'm literally just grateful and praying as I'm drinking water. And I'm so grateful for that first glass of water. I woke up. I'm able to drink this water. I have my dog. My girlfriend's upstairs still sleeping, blessed. That's how I try to start the morning. Maybe two minutes before that, I was annoyed for no reason, had a nightmare, but I try to be very present. And then from there, I do something physical. I'll run to the gym hit the weight room, I'll run back home. And then afterwards, my mind is open. <clears throat> I'll either do a combination of praying or I might just write out what specifically I need to work on that week, that month. But those are my things. Yeah. Present, workouts, and also just planning a lot. I love to write. But for the individual that maybe has not tried this or they tried too much, because that's yeah. another aspect is that some are too extreme. They say, yeah. I journaled, I wrote, I read four chapters. I did this, that, this, that. And it sounds amazing. It's a mental endorphin hit, but the rest of the day, they usually lose the momentum because they did too much. They front loaded their morning routine to like talk about how many things they did. But the rest of the day, you're like, 
<laughs> what did you do from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m.? Well, you know, I did a lot this morning. <laughs> so I, that's why I challenge people to do two things and two things only. Because if you do too much, you don't want to burn out midday. And it's just all about empowering yourself in the morning. We're not trying to wear ourselves down all the way. You want to have more energy, be in a more positive state. So whatever that person chooses, choose one for the mental and one for the physical. Hey, man, that's good. That's good. I like that. You know, we talked about this before the recording, but I want to get this clear so that everyone can understand where you're coming from. How did you get started in this fitness business? I mean, what led you to do this? Great question. So I was the skinny kid that was bullied at home between the hours of 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. My parents would release as in after the last drink of alcohol, and they would release past traumas. And at age 12, I could see in their eyes that they were not yelling at me, they were yelling through me. And what I mean by that is they did not see their son. They were just releasing whatever happened in the past. My dad was deployed multiple times. They both grew up uh, very poor, and they were the oldest of multiple siblings. So they saw a lot of things. And so fitness became my outlet, because when the screaming, the yelling, the broken glass and all that was happening, I needed a way to release and I wasn't going to pick up a bottle. So I would go into the garage, I would hit the weights, I'd go on a run. Then from there, I'd feel calmer. And I made a promise to myself that I would no longer give people the reaction that they expected. And it started first with family. Then it turned into the bullies at school. And then within a two-year time period, I transformed my whole physique and my professors, my teachers, coaches, everybody just asked like, hey, what happened? You used to stutter really bad. You used to be very scared. You never raise your hand. And I became a whole different person, but it's because of the promise that I made myself. So that right there inspired me to help other people. So at age 15, I became a personal trainer and I started training my classmates and my teachers and my parents' friends. And then after that, I just kept learning more. I got more certifications in schooling, but I really fell in love with seeing the light bulbs go off for people and they would have clarity and then their confidence would go up and they would just have a higher level of excitement for life. And I love giving people that in themselves. And then from there, I knew that long-term it was going to be deeper, excuse me, deeper than just fitness. And I, I got inspired to get into life coaching. The big reason for that, I would see clients that I worked with months or years previously, and they would lose the results. And internally, the military side is like, oh, here she's weak. But the mature side would say, I did not give him or her the mental tools that they needed to win long term. So that right there is what helped me to get inspired to really dive deeper into psychology and become a life coach. And what I do now is I just help people identify their patterns that are not serving them. We break those so they can thrive and not just survive, as in they don't push it off. Holiday season is about to come. They don't push it into the closet and say, you know, what, January 1st, I'm going to get back to that thing. It's like, he's been saying that for seven years. <laughs> Let's go yeah, ahead and pull it out yeah. of the closet, face it, and Amen. get rid of whatever that thing is. Amen. Amen. What, so what's your goal for your business, and how do you see yourself achieving this goal? Great goal. So, excuse me, great question. So what I see is my veteran friends and I, we're working on workshops. So the workshops will consist of three days. We meet on a Friday, we go hiking up a mountain, we get to the top and we release. This will be males and females. So basically we're pushing each other. Some people have never been on a sports team or in the military. So that camaraderie of getting to the top, helping the person that's in the back, everybody gets up top. We eat at the top of the mountain. We release, we do some prayer. We just have some good brotherhood, sisterhood fellowship. 
And then on the way down, everybody's trust level in each other is deeper. And then the next day we do breakthrough sessions. And that's where we dive deep into what exactly do they want to get rid of? Is it past traumas from family? Is it something that they carry into every relationship? Whatever that is, but that is what day two is designed for. So myself and other experts, we help them with that. But because of day one, we basically went through the trenches together to get to the top and push each other. The trust is there. So camaraderie day one, day two, the breakthrough. And then day three, we have some food, we have fun and all that. But the whole intent is after that three-day experience to give him and her the tools that they need to win long-term. And it's not a pitch fest. And what I mean by that is people have been to workshops and events where they're literally just selling from the stage and like, hey, yeah. to each their own, I understand business is business, but yeah. people pay their hard-earned money to learn something. And they're like, wait, I have to join the Platinum Club to learn the thing that I w wanted to learn. Right, so it's nothing right. like that. It's a life-changing experience. And a big reason for it is because not many people nowadays have experienced the camaraderie at a level of the military or sports. Yeah. If they haven't experienced that, then they honestly just don't know what that support right. feels like. Yeah. So giving them that support. And then after the workshop, we all stay in touch, but giving people that in person again, a lot of what I do is online. I have a training app and I am on Zoom all day, but giving people that in-person touch of myself and the team and just the support is going to be life-changing. So I definitely see us traveling the world, hosting workshops and just getting bigger and bigger groups, hiking up mountains all over the world and just having boot camps. And most importantly, seeing the breakthrough in people. Amen. Amen. I know you have a website, fitwithderek.com, and there's a lot of testimonials on there. Share with us how someone can work with you to improve their fitness level and all that. Is this online motivation only? Or you just talked about a workshop that you're getting ready to plan and all that, but how how can how can someone get in touch with you? Great question. So they could go to fitwithderek.com, D-E-R-I-C-K.com. And on there, they'll see transformation pictures and videos of clients telling their story. Some used to have addictions to drugs or alcohol. Some have had multiple divorces. Some went through traumatic experiences. But most importantly, it's about giving them their power back from a faith-based standpoint, also fitness standpoint. So that way they feel like they have control. So Having a military background, I am very direct, but if somebody needs that in their pocket drill sergeant, <laughs> might be the guy for you. If not, hey, <laughs> we're not for everyone. But most importantly, <laughs> I just like to show real people with real results because the internet can get a little fishy. And that's why I love showing people the videos of the clients speaking about their journey themselves. And they could see the light in their eye talking about what they overcome and where they are now. But my whole intent with social media is to plant seeds. I just plant seeds as in when somebody's about to hit snooze, they might think of a video they saw and they say, you know what? He called me out in that video, <laughs> but it's all for love and support because I just don't want people to waste their potential. So it's all about empowering people. So that way he or she become the superhero that their family needs. Amen. Amen. Derek, this has been so interesting. And I totally agree. Fitness, physical, emotional, spiritual fitness. This is something each and every person needs to take seriously. I mean, folks, as you heard directly from Derek Johnson, fitness means more than just doing 100 push-ups or being able to lift 200 pounds or run a seven-minute mile. Fitness includes our mental acumen and our spiritual state as well as our physical fitness level. I mean, remember, you have a family that's dependent on you. You have coworkers dependent on you. You have you that's dependent on you to make the right choices in life. Physical fitness is one of those choices. Amen. Folks, 
some of you are aware of this, but you know, I've lost almost 70 pounds in the past couple of years. And I had to I had to let myself go after my injury, but I had to make a decision to change. And Brother Bob's favorite pastime is eating. Okay. Amen. If, so if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh, well, Brother Bob, you just don't know where I'm at physically. You're right. I don't. But folks, I'd have two knees replaced because of my injury. My back's messed up. Feeling sorry for myself saw me gain almost 100 pounds. But Jesus. That's all I got to say. But Jesus. Amen. When I made the decision to get healthier, things started changing. Derek, I wish I had someone like you back then that I could have gotten in touch with because I believe my fitness a little bit accelerated from what it has been. Amen. And I do appreciate everything you're doing for for those that really need this type of help. And I do appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Folks, you need to drop down to the show notes. Get in touch with Derek Johnson right now. Right now. While you're thinking about it. Amen. Just click the links below to reach out to Derek start taking back your life right now praise god Derek, thank you again coming on the program sharing about all your efforts to help folks get physically fit and to a better mental and spiritual state as well i I appreciate all that you're doing and for coming on the program today thank you and i appreciate what you do for everyone as well as well hey man appreciate that folks that's all the time we have for today for Derek johnson myself pastor bob reminded to be blessed in all that you do You have been listening to the Faith-Based Business Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. We appreciate you as a listener and fellow believer and want to encourage you in your entrepreneurial efforts. These programs are designed to provide you with information that you can use in your business to achieve success faster and avoid the obstacles that try to impede your success. All information on this podcast is for entertainment and information use only. Some of the products and services listed in the links may contain affiliate links and Pastor Bob will earn a small commission when you click those links at no additional cost to you. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode is published. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity.
Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.